Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max presented by Progressive Interest. It's all good that Jeff took the tie. The only thing I don't like about what I just heard, y'all acting like I'm the one. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you can go take Max's stuff. Jeff and me yeah, are like just, that. He can man. take my stuff, but don't get it twisted now. They yeah. just feel like they could just check your pockets, huh? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that, people will find out. Well, yeah, I mean, they just, come well, here, man. We, we, we have so many pockets, Max. We, we have so many ties, like Max. You know, it's just hard to keep up. Well, uh, yeah, because you know, a guy like that, you my, know, just, my you probably got a whole Tom Ford closet. My colleagues, one of the nice things about here at ESPN at Seaport Molly, is I everyone gets Ford. along. My colleagues are welcome if they are up against it and they need a tie for the year. They are welcome. It's different. It's not like a shirt. It's not like it's going up but against see, your body. It's just going on your shirt. See, you know what I mean? This is a good friend because somebody who's not a good friend. They wouldn't need to tell you they took your tie. They just yanked the tie, and you never know. Right. But at least he came and was like, yo, I got your tie. You know, well, they started outing him on the air. I, thought, I don't think he had a choice. That's fair. <laughs> he, <laughs> well, he told you before they outed true. him on no, the no, air. No, no, he did. He did. Keith, you had a great new show, and you were a handsome host. You might have to keep ties at the office also. Ooh. That's the thing. It's the handsomeness somehow that's connected to all this. I don't know how, I but like that was I do sh- think hey, it's yo! Um, I don't even... You know, I just work here, man. Why would you take a shot at Key like yeah, that? Man? I, I just, I just do, I just do, the, I just do what the people ask me to do. That's all. I can't compliment Max yeah. and it, yeah, it not it be a like shot you, at Key. You, you took you, like you slide. Well, Key, key seemed confused. Key, key seemed confused why Max would have ties at his office, but he does a great show, new show. Sure. I don't know if it's a new show. I don't know how long we wish each other Happy New Year, Happy New Year, guys. It's February sixth. New show, sure. It's under a year. It's under a year old. Two years. Brand new show. I also great new show. New show for about and, ten months. Huh? He's a handsome Evan <laughs> to suffer from a rare disease whereby I get more handsome as time goes on, and Evan is acknowledging my plight. Thank you. NASCAR's uh, Bubba Wallace, by the way, is <laughs> don't going try to, to move us on. in ten minutes. So, so it's like the Benjamin Button of good looking. Yes. So you start off ugly. Yeah, I did. I was not such a great looking <laughs> yeah. kid. I happen to be a handsome. <laughs> you man. see what how he do? tried to move <laughs> on, Jay, real quick. To Bubba Wallace, <laughs> real quick. Yeah, you yeah. ain't slick. <laughs> I want to harp on my looks. Go ahead. We can talk about it. I don't really want to tell you. Hey, I don't want to tell you what you really look like, but I'm going to leave that alone. Let me live in my delusion. Is that the idea? Bubba Wallace is going to join us in 10 minutes, Key. But let's listen. Jay, you got to come into this uh, McShay mock draft 2.0 conversation. Four quarterbacks in the first round. But both New York teams have two picks in the top 10. So the Jets are talking about uh, Iquanu, the offensive tackle. Okay. And at four, and at 10, Derek Stingley, right? The, the, the corner out of LSU. The Giants get five and eight. That's Kayvon Thibodeau, who, remember, was like the consensus top overall pick for a lot of the year. Mm-hmm. So that's a special pass rusher, they would think. And, and he Charles, goes, he, I was going to say, he'll probably keep dropping. And Charles Cross, the offensive tackle, from Mississippi State, who projects as a pass-blocking left tackle at a high level in the NFL. Now, Giants would be happy to have a pass rusher if Thibodeau, obviously you could hear Key's a little cynical, if Thibodeau turns out to be a special pass rusher. If not, by the way, guys, I don't care how many left tackles the Giants have. I want them taking the best offensive lineman, period. I, 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 period. I, that was going to be my thing. Like I, I, I hear it on Thibodeau, and I understand. Pass rusher, that's great. But like, Let's address the necessity. Agreed. Unless it's a guy like Parsons, if is if a, you think is a life changing yeah, talent, yeah. then you a take generational that, yeah. type of talent. I'm okay. Key, you know more than I do. Is Thibodeau a generational type of talent? 
What Thibodeau is is a pass rusher that has to develop moves, doesn't play all the time with a high motor. Sometimes he takes plays off. A lot of the times he he is susceptible to the run when they run at him. He's a great chaser from the backside, though, on on, on a free chase when nobody engages in him. I just Uh-oh. don't think that at five. Cousin to the pile, Inspector. He's a little bit of a P.I. guy. But I think, though, for him, five, I've said it all alone. When everybody kept saying he was the number one overall pick. I'm like, man, that dude ain't going to be number one. When they start breaking down that film and really diving into who he is, he's not going to sit at the top of the board at one. Well, in that I case, think, Key, why would the Like, I don't want him as a Giants fan if that's what you're telling me. But you got to remember it's a yeah. mock draft. And at some point, Kim. Kavon Thibodeau. No, no. How you say his name? Kavon Thibodeau. Kavon Thibodeau <laughs> becomes say Tibbs a valuable asset at a certain. I'm sick of level. The, I'm sick of the the mock draft for the Giants comes after the no, draft. Thibodeau, That's the problem, man. and everyone mocks the Giants. I'm talking fast. But Jay? I would rather have Jay. Jay offensive line help. I don't care. Oh, you already have two tackles. Get a third. Get a fourth. I want the Giants to have a deep and great offensive but, line before they do anything else. But here's, but here's what you got to look at at what the Giants – and this is a mock draft, but you got to look at what was it – what did they have when they won the two Super Bowls? They had a defensive front. No doubt. And defensive fronts are at a premium in the National Football League. Pass rushers are at a premium in the National Football League. That's why teams covet them the way that they do. It's like three-point shooters – in basketball, if you got three-point shooters in hoops that can knock it down, you're going to be that team. But they had guys who were not great at a lot of things but were great pass rushers like um, you, Minura. O.C. Minura, that was a pass rusher, right? But I don't know that you got to take uh, O.C. Minura that high up in the first round if you're having O-line problems. The Giants are far away from a Super Bowl, <laughs> far away. So the first thing that I'd want to do because you're going to find out about Daniel Jones, right? The first thing I want to do before anything else is the architecture of the team. I want to put an offensive line together that's so devastating that people will mention with the all-time greats they've ever seen so that it's an attractive place for a, a top quarterback to come play or for a young quarterback to develop. Carson Wentz. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but no you know, going back to Key's original point, though, about you know our, our, our defense has been moderate. Max, like the Giants' defense has just been okay. It's right. gotten better. It's been okay. So if you can elevate that to a degree, I mean, you are still building the infrastructure, the architect of your home, right? Mm-hmm. It may not address – and also, like, I, I have to do a lot more research on this because I'm starting to geek out right now. But I wonder, like, what other you know, offensive linemen are out there that are at the pinnacle that we need to start – yeah, we're going to ask Todd Mache that. That's what we're going to do. There are guys – Well, there's – you know, there's, there's, there's a couple offensive linemen that are out there, but at the tackle spot – for them, it's a must when you look at trying to protect and get a good, a good feel for what your quarterback is going to be, whether it's Daniel Jones, Mitch Trubisky, Carson Wentz, or whoever is underneath that center. You want to make sure you can protect them. But again, yeah, premium at the pass rush position. The Chase Youngs of the world is a premium. Michael Parsons is a premium. Von Miller was a premium. Aaron Donald is a premium. And if you can get that guy, then you get him. Yeah, if that's right. If you can get a premium guy, you got to take him. If Thibodeau is that guy, they got to take him. I'm just saying, listening to you talk, Keith, don't, don't, maybe but he's listening not to that me, guy. 
listening to me, I didn't say I wouldn't take him. I may not take him at five. I may take him at eight. Because but he might not be there at eight. But that's the chance I got to take, right? I, right. Gotta, I agree. I that's what I'm saying. He doesn't look sense. like you need to use your first pick on that dude if there are too many red flags. Evan, what about from the Jets' point of view? Yeah, the Jets have two picks in the first round, and they pass on two guys that I'd want on both of them. So, like, I, I, I would have a problem. I don't have a problem with Todd, but I would have a problem if this is the route the Jets went. I think the Jets need a pass rusher. They have Carl Lawson coming off the Achilles tear. Like, he was their best player in training camp. The Jets have not had a pass rusher like this in so long. Like, like Calvin Pace was probably their last, like, great, great pass rusher that they had. Uh, on a playoff team. So I would want them to go after Thibodeau if he's available at four. At 10, the Jets need to start getting Zach Wilson some legit weapons. And I watched what these Ohio State guys did this entire season Mm -hmm. in Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Wilson. I would want one of those guys at 10. I'm with Key. Like, Stingley Jr., a nice player, but he, he had one good year. And you traded Jamal Adams and got this pick, among others, like from I don't want to go and take another cornerback. Like unless Stingley is gonna turn into like Darrell Revis, you can take him you can't take him at ten. He's gotta be the next like shutdown corner in the National Football League. Because the Jets need too many things at too many key positions, like wide out, like pass rusher, to go this route in the in the top ten. Evan, if they it, somehow go ahead, uh Jay. I, I was gonna ask you you and Evan Key. Um that if I know McShay has him going number three to Houston right now, but how would you feel if Kyle Hamilton dropped to the four spot? Would that be something that you would want, Evan? Yeah, I no. like I like see, no I key? like Kyle Hamilton. I think he's no. I think he's a really good player and I think he's a good safety. And if they lose Marcus May, they're gonna have to replace like both safety spots because yeah, but I'm they not lost taking, Adams. I'm not taking a safety at four. There's no way I'm taking a safety at four. Um I'm not taking a safety nowhere in the top six picks. If I if, and Kyle Hamilton had some injury issues late in the year last year, he did. But, huh? You're right. He did. Yeah. So when you look at it, though, you take you're taking a safety at three. You just got. I understand maybe it's money or whatever you look at. And you don't want to pay Jamal Adams, but what did that get you? And what did it get Seattle? A safety is not taking you to the Super Bowl. I can get a safety later in the draft. I can slide down and get a safety. Now remind you. This is only a mock draft. This is not where it's going to end in April. Uh, Hutchinson from Michigan could be sitting there at four for you, even though a lot of people think that Detroit is going to take him at two. Detroit's got a lot of problems themselves that they need to build their team and their roster. So he may slide to you at four. What if he slides to you at four? You grab him? I'll tell you what. For uh, I hear you on the Jets. For the Giants, they got to nail down the O-line. I don't care if it's a guy like Linderbaum or like someone who you know. This dude is a surefire guard or center star, even if it's not a premium on the offensive line. Don't care. Oh, you're overdrafting him at four or eight or five or whatever. Don't care. you got <laughs> yeah, you to nail it down. Go get a center with a the guy, eighth pick. Yeah, I would. You can't take a guy. You can't do that, man. You do that. That's what's been the problem with drafting before, though. You can't take a guy who's supposed to go – at, in the teens, and no, then all I'm of a sudden sa- puts him in the top you. of the draft. I hear you. What I'm saying is you got to nail it. The Vera Tucker pick was good by the Jets last year. Know why? At the very least, you know you have a good left guard in the NFL. At the least. So they nail that down. You, you cannot miss with these picks on the line if you're the Giants. Keyshawn J. Willemax presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's go to teams trying to win the Super Bowl now. 
from from the from the dregs of the NFL to the top of the NFL, right? Bubba Wallace became a winner in NASCAR for the first time, and we're thrilled to have Bubba Wallace right now on the yeah. Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, Bubba. What's going on? I'm not gonna have a conspiracy theory on the win like I did on your victory over me in, in Madden. I'm gonna leave that alone. I'm gonna just <laughs> as you uh, as you do living now, huh? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> The Super Bowl of car racing. The Daytona 500 is on Sunday, 2.30 p.m. Eastern on Fox, and we are joined by Bubba Wallace right now. Hey, Bubba, thanks for jumping on with us. No problem. How are you guys? Good, good. Talked to you after your first win just a few months ago. So as you get ready for your second season driving the number 23 Toyota, what's the goal for this season? More wins, more success, more of everything on the positive side. Um, you know, we're down here at Daytona getting our uh, getting our day started, um, getting our week started. Had a great practice last night, uh, getting our number twenty three McDonald's Toyota Camry dialed in for Sunday's race. So we're ready to roll. How's things been over the last year, man? Since you first started rocking with number twenty three and Michael Jordan's team. Man, it's just been continuing to climb uh, on the up and up. Obviously, made a lot of new changes last year. Uh, got a couple new personnel on my team, but uh, hiring uh, Kurt Busch on as being the second driver. We're just uh, building the volume up of this team and the, uh, the the experience and and everything that comes with that. So we're excited. Uh, this brand new car, the next gen car, the NASCAR is has unleashed on us is uh, is a lot to figure out um, in a short amount of time. So we're doing the best that we can with what we got, um, putting all the resources together to make sure that we're ready to roll for the season. So it's uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. Um, like I said, it's just now starting. Bubba, I, I remember going into my rookie year in the NBA, I got a chance to play uh, some horse with MJ at his flight camp up in Santa Barbara. And when I tell you things got heated, things got exceptionally heated on his part. And I saw that uh, that aggression. I saw that competitiveness. Have you witnessed that at all from an ownership perspective from him about how he wants you to be the best or any stories that you can provide for us for context? Uh, you know, MJ, I just know he's, he's super competitive. And he, he dove into this deal not just to have his name be a part of it, but he is, he is invested 100% uh, to make sure that, you know, we are winning and being successful and doing everything that he would do if, if, you know, he was driving or he was crew chiefing it, you know. So he's just pushing us to all be better. And the people in his camp, they're, they're doing the same. You know, they're, they're up to date on all the data analytics that we share. And so they're, they're asking the questions of what and why and how, how we can be better. What do we need to do to be faster and, and why aren't we faster? And so it's, um, it's good to have that. It's good to have that motivation and, and, that, and that pressure to, to keep pushing you. Because you never want to become stagnant in this sport. You always want to keep, you know, trending upwards. And so, well, you know, obviously getting that win out of the way was, was special and uh, something that, that he was he was very proud of. Bubba Wallace, NASCAR drive exceptionally well mm-hmm. at doing everything. I'm so proud of you and everything that you've accomplished in such a short period of time. You finished second in the Daytona 500 back in 2018. And if you yep. get this one and you win it, what will that mean to you? I mean, it's the Super Bowl of our sport. So um, I think, you know, looking at that, 
just how big it is and, and the on the scale of, of what you can do and, and the people you can reach. You know, we're the sport has changed tremendously uh, over the last uh, almost two years and and uh, becoming more inclusive, becoming more diverse. And so, you know, winning on your on track success, uh, you know, carries your, your platform and your brand to so many heights. So. Uh, anytime you're successful in winning races, it's just transcending the the other avenues that follow along with that. So it'll be massive. It'll be uh, something that we look to accomplishing on Sunday. The second at the Daytona in 2018, you won to Talladega. Why do you think you were so strong on restrictor plate tracks? What is it about that that makes it so different for you, Bubba? That's a good question. I think we just, you know, we, we bide our time for, for – you know the, the entire race. Make sure we're we're not uh, in harm's way, and we always seem to kind of you know uh, escape through the madness. And we're there for the end, and we ended up getting you know really good finishes. Last year, the twenty three car was was the highest finishing car, the highest car to get you know the most points out of all the cars uh, on all four, all four plate races. So um, just something that I've become really comfortable with. I, I remember five years ago, I hated plate racing. It was always it was always something I was just kind of riding around, you know, staying out of harm's way, and then I'd be wrecked. And it seemed like that was the trend each and every time we came to a play race. So I had a strong hate for this stuff, uh, but it quickly turned. I don't know why. I think jumping in the cup car and figuring everything out, um, it, it kind of calmed me down and, and made me appreciate it a little bit more. So we'll um, we'll look forward to doing the same thing we did last year, um, and just uh, I guess I guess the same thing as, as Talladega last year and going out and getting the win. Bubba Wallace with us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Bubba, most sports have their biggest event at the end of the season. So what's it like starting your season, starting your season with the biggest event? Yeah, NASCAR is different. They, they want to start it out uh, on a high note. And, I mean, you win, you win the Daytona 500. You're, that, that's the, the biggest win of your career besides winning a championship. Um, but, you know, you're locked into the playoffs uh, already, you know, with the biggest win. And so there's so many things that follow winning this race on Sunday that a lot of us do, and not many have, have uh, conquered. So I know there's been a lot of guys in the sport that have, have won races and won championships that haven't won the day 2500. And so, you know, for us to be as strong as we are uh, and, and be, I think, one of the favorites going into it, it, it really uh, speaks volumes to what we're doing as a team. And, uh we just got to go out and, and make sure we, we, we leave it all out there on the track. Bubba, what has it been like for you to get used to this new next-gen car for this season? Yeah, it's been a lot. You know, I was behind the eight ball a little bit. Uh, I had shoulder surgery right after the season, and so I know they were doing a lot of off-season or uh, uh, post-season testing, getting the, the next-gen car ready. Uh, but being a part of those meetings and debriefs, uh, hearing about how the new car drives, talking with Kurt, getting a good download on, on what to expect kind of helped me out uh, a lot. And so uh, jumping into the car uh, yesterday for the first time here at Daytona, uh, things were a little bit uh, different, but I was quickly able to adapt and become comfortable with it. So uh, at the end of the day, it's just a, it's another race car. just looks a little different, sounds a little different, um, but hopefully get the same job done. So it's not really. It's, I mean, I've clearly I've never, <laughs> I've never been in a NASCAR race. I've driven in a NASCAR, but never been in an r- actual race. Um, we got to change that. Yeah, we 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 do. How different is the car, though? Like, how different is it from what you've driven in the past? Yeah, I think you know we really get to experience just how different it is in these first five races. These first five races, we go through basically every. 
type of racetrack uh, from the plate races to the short tracks to the intermediates. And, and so we get to experience just how different it is, but the motor is a little bit different. The, the feel of the tires, the, the, the shorter sidewalls, uh, bigger wheels gives you a different feel in the steering wheel, get a different feel in your butt. And so it's just something that our basic instincts will have to change a little bit and, uh, and to have a better understanding of what, this car is going to need to be successful and to be competitive out on the racetrack. And, and it's, it's pretty equal across the playing field for all the teams. Now it's, it's, it's basically all the same car. You know, last year we were building all of our own cars. Now we're, we're basically buying it off the internet and uh, getting all the pieces and piecing it together and taking it to the racetrack. So basically like a kick car. Bubba, what was it like? See, I played in the Coliseum and a couple weeks ago, you guys, took over the Coliseum and put the track down and had a race yeah. there. What was it like? Because I couldn't I, – I just visited the other day, and I was trying to understand because it was so short. What was it like driving on that track? Um, it was it was wild. We weren't the best car out there. Um, and so that made it for a little bit longer weekend than we had anticipated. But uh, it was – it was actually fun. You know, we, we, I had my reserves going into it just because I've raced on tracks that size, but not that size of car, a little bit smaller car. So it's a little bit more suited for that. Um, but uh, it actually ended up working out. Okay. You know, you weren't on the throttle that much time and you were heavy on the braking. And so you could kind of use the front bumper and move some people out of the way. So it really took you back to the racing that you started out in as, as a child and, and uh, the, the grassroots level. So it was actually a lot of fun, you know, no points on the line, um, exhibition race. So just go out and knock the cobwebs off and, and have some fun. Bubba Wallace, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for jumping on with us this morning, Bubba. Good luck. All right, Bubba. All right. Thank you. Guys. Keep Appreciate doing your thing. Buddy. So from one guy who drove in the Coliseum to a guy who led the way for many game-winning drives there. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. You're in the Hall of Fame now. Can you answer what is the best gift you have received from the NFL and what is your advice to the next generation looking to come into the Hall of Fame? I think it's probably the relationships. I mean, the people that I've been able to meet and develop relationships in the locker room, around the game. Heck, I met my wife because I went to USC because I, I was good at football. Trust me, my family was not paying for me to go to USC. It wasn't your good looks. <laughs> no, it wasn't my good looks. Pro Football Hall of Famer. 
Tony Baselli with us here right now on Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80 on your smart speakers. Tony, what's going on? You what's know, up? It, it, it's amazing. Like, I looked it up uh, this morning, and turns out you went, you were on the team with uh, Key in college. Key, why didn't you ever tell us about that? Man, I've been telling y'all since <laughs> Lord knows how long. I'm so so proud to play with a guy like Tony Baselli, be a part of Tony Baselli's uh, career. Just uh, So, you know, I'm going to keep telling him every day. You know, I play with that guy, right? <laughs> every time, Tony. Every, every time. time. I, I have to let him know, man. Hey, sorry I missed you uh, Thursday night. I couldn't, I couldn't make it because ESPN had me uh, at Disney working for them. So, But I want to say... Congratulations and and um, you know and everything to you and Angie and the family and your mom and I know your dad's extremely proud and and looking down and you know I knew you were going to be in the Hall of Fame even even though you probably didn't believe this day was coming but it came and how does it make you feel knowing that you are now going to be in Canton as you know one of a handful of tackles to brace. Canton, Ohio, and be in the Hall of Fame? Keith, uh, it, it's amazing. And first of all, I did miss you. I wish you'd have been there, but I get it. And uh, thanks for the video, man. I appreciate it. And, yes, uh, you know, that little opening that you guys played about the relationships, um, you know, the teammates I had and you being one of them, just, you know, you look back on life and your career and time playing this great game. And that's what it's about, you know, uh, hanging with you and others at SC and the good times we had. And I mean, the game of football has been so good to me. It's a, and now to be in Canton, Ohio, in the Pro Football Fame, and you know, it's it's humbling. It's it's like unbelievable that my name is going to be there for all time, next to the greatest guys who ever played this game and who made impacts in this game. And so it's uh, it's humbling. And it, I, I, it's like one of those things that just it, there's moments every day where it like just hits me. I'm like, holy cow, I'm in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> it's like, you guys are kidding me. And uh, it's, 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 it's pretty dang cool. Jay, hey, I'm telling you, Jay, I'm saying it again. Mm-hmm. He was so damn good, man. And I'm, it was crazy, like I was telling you. Go ahead, Jay, but it was crazy. Tony, I, I was going to jump in because I, I hear T. Key talk about people, but not with the same energy that I hear him talk about you. And – one of the questions I, I wanted to ask you is, you know, I, I'm not in the Naismith Hall of Fame, but I'm in the College Basketball Hall of Fame. And when I got the word, it, it was one feeling, right, a, a rush of just excitement and thankfulness for my family and, and graciousness, right? But when I got up there and I had my whole speech prepared, seeing my family, seeing my loved ones, seeing all the ones that sacrificed in order for me to achieve this goal in the College Basketball Hall of Fame, it was overwhelming have you had a a chance to think about what that moment will be like at that podium delivering a speech while seeing all the people that have sacrificed for you to get there or thinking about all of them yeah jay it's a a great point i mean i've I've thought a lot about it and uh, i think you're you're dead on i mean to me you know football is the greatest team sport in my opinion and i played a position that it's like the ultimate team position i mean i it's five guys you're, you know, you, you live your life with those five guys and your success is based on as a group uh, doing your job. And that combined, I look back in the people that, and that was, I'm a, I'm a fortunate, blessed man. I mean, 
you know, I tell people all the time, I didn't make myself six, seven in being athletic. That was a gift from God. And then in mm. probably maybe the greatest gift is the people that God's put in my life, you know, coaches, um, mentors, family, friends, teammates, and, and people have asked me, like, okay, well, what's your speech going to be like? And my speech will be the easiest speech ever. Now, I don't know if I'll get through it without crying, but it's going to be just one of gratitude. I'm just going to get up there and thank people because, you know, it's the Hall of Fame is the highest individual honor, but I really don't feel, I mean, and, and it'll be me going in, but I feel like I'm bringing a lot of people with me, um, a lot of family, a lot of friends, a lot of teammates, and uh, it's just, I, I, the biggest emotion that I have felt is gratitude. Just so thankful for the people that God has put in my life. And uh, it's going to be an amazing moment. There's been so many amazing moments. I mean, Keith talked about the Thursday night that he couldn't come to. <laughs> I had teammates I hadn't seen forever. I had Coach John Robinson, who's a huge influence in my life. I had really good friends and um, people from the Jaguars. And it's just, that's what this. That's what sports are all about, in my opinion. It's what the game of football is all about. It's the people, the relationships. It's what it teaches you, um, life principles. And um, yeah, it's going to be an amazing moment. I doubt I'll be able to get through it, um, but I'm looking forward to it. Tony, I know since you heard this that you were going in. How many times have you changed your mind about who's going to actually introduce you at? the hall of fame how many times do you change your mind on who you want to do that yeah it's hard i actually know who it is i'm not going to say yet because i haven't told the individual yet and because i've been really pondering and thinking about it and there's you know a lot of different people i could have um one of them would have been, would have been my dad but he, you know he passed away this past year uh so he's off the board <laughs> he can't do it but i know uh, he's smiling down from heaven looking and proud of his son. Um, but I, I do know uh, who's going to be it, it, It's a hard decision because I do, you know, I had a bunch of great people in my life, but, um, it, you know, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to having a conversation with that individual. Mm-hmm. So what do you, now let's move on to the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars yeah. and the new hire and coach Doug Peterson. Was that the right hire? It, it, it was. Um, you know, the, and there was a lot of noise and a lot of stuff out there, and you know, a lot of it around Byron Leftwich, who I have a lot of respect for. And I think Byron's going to be a good head coach one day. Um, I, but I thought for Jacksonville, it was really important that they found somebody who had done it before, because this is a situation that was just so dysfunctional and so messed up with Urban Meyer here. And you have a young team, and I felt like they really needed to get somebody who had done it before, who learned, had made mistakes, had success. It knew what it needed to look like um, because it's it's not just it's not this the Jaguars' job is not just X's nose. You have to rebuild the culture. I mean, you have to rebuild you know the yes the roster, but they have more talent than they probably get credit for. But it's, the culture was so bad that there's a lot of work just to be done in the in the four walls of that building before you ever step on the field. And I thought Doug Peterson, with his you know background, what he did in Philly, winning a Super Bowl, working with a young quarterback, really getting the most out of Carson Wentz that anyone ever had, um, I think is going to be good for Trevor. It's going to be good for the locker room. Uh, and so I thought it was the right hire. And and so we'll see what happens though. Tony, do you think the Jags can be the next year's Bengals? 
Do you think that turnaround could happen that quickly for this organization? You know, Jay, I think, you know, that's in football you see it every once in a while. Not, not maybe not as dramatic as what the Bengals did getting all the way to the Super Bowl, but I think they can I think they can compete. I think they can be in the conversation, you know, in December about, you know, maybe making a wild card. Um, I still think they're a little, maybe a year uh, or two away. They've got to, they got to get, they got to get some dang offensive playmakers. They got to get some, some speed. They got to get guys who can score touchdowns. They just don't have enough playmakers right now. Now you always can, you can hit it in the draft. You can hit it in free agency. I mean, that's what, look, I mean, the Bengals hitting it with Jamar Chase that changed that team. Obviously Joe Burrow would be in the engine of it, but um I think that it's by a stretch to think they can do what the Bengals can, but I think they, they can be a much improved team. And that is Pro Football Hall of Famer Tony Baselli here on Keyshawn. Yeah, wait, wait, and Max. One thing before I go, I got to tell you, one of my about Keyshawn Johnson. You know, I, I remember when Key came in. I was a senior. He came from JC, and I remember the when he walked into that dang locker room. Everyone, everyone talked about Keyshawn, big personality, and you know just. You know who he was as a player, but I said I knew Key before he was Keyshawn Johnson. I knew who he was, and Key, I'm telling you, one some of my favorite times at SC with you in that dang huddle. And I, I, every time we we'd be in the huddle, and Keyshawn would always come back, and you know he wasn't talking about him catching balls or anything else. He'd be talking about who he blocked and you know what was happening on the field. And Key, I just I love you and appreciate you so much. And, and I talk about great teammates I got to play with. Guys were great. I play the game of football, but just great dudes as well. And you're you're right there on that list for me, man. I appreciate it, man. Love you too. And I think Daryl Gardner hates me and you both. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I would I'd be blocking him, but Keyshawn would be talking to him. I like I I would, I would knock him down. I just get up and walk back, and Keyshawn would be in his face yapping. I'm like, no, I would. My man didn't I remember it. when you drove Daryl Gardner <laughs> ten yards out. I said he kicked your ass. Oh, and I said some other stuff, too. <laughs> I love it. All right, buddy. Oh, man. I appreciate you having me on, guys. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
the Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio Series XM Channel 80, your smart speakers, download the podcast. The Bengals went from missing the playoffs to the Super Bowl in one year, the Joe Burrow effect. Who else could pull this off? Let's play real or not real. Evan. Yeah, and not necessarily. They don't have to really go for the Super Bowl. Just like who are these non-playoff teams that can make a Bengals-type leap, go to the playoffs, maybe make a run. Let's start with the team that had the number one pick last year, number one pick again this year, the Jaguars. Real or not real, Key? Not real. Uh, Jacksonville has a lot of work to do. They're not quite there yet. I think in a couple years with Trevor Lawrence at the quarterback spot, once they get some key pieces on both sides of the ball, I think they will be in contention to win the division, but not right now. Yeah, not real. Did Joe Burrow go through some slight growing pains his first year before he tore his ACL? Yes, but not at the same degree that I saw Trevor Lawrence go through. Plus, all the things this team has had to battle with, coaches coming in and out, the situation that happened with the owner, uh, there's a lot of room for improvement, but I think winning a Super Bowl next year or being close, out of the question. They're making no run. First of all, Trevor Lawrence isn't Joe Burrow. We saw the national title game, by the way. Secondly, the Jaguars aren't the Bengals. They don't have the playmakers. You just heard Tony Baselli say it. Not real. Max, start with you. The Chargers, Justin Herbert, real or not real, Uh-oh. they can make a Bengals-type leap. Real, because really what they need to do is shore up their interior defense, and they have their draft picks. Like, they can do that. They go get one of those uh, dudes down in Georgia, like, you know, front seven dudes, uh, a, a, a tackle to, to stuff the run. They can get, and they can easily pick that up in this draft. So I'm going to say real. I'm going to say real. I think when you have a quarterback, you have a foundation. And I think with Justin Herbert, they have a foundation because they have a quarterback. The one thing that they got to guard themselves against is a young head coach in Brandon Staley. Taking too many opportun- too many chances for the wrong opportunities. He, de- he did a poor job last year at managing the football games. Hopefully his second time around, his second year as a head coach, he learned from those mistakes and he won't repeat them. I say real as it relates to Brandon Staley. I have no problem with analytics. I do have a problem when you become too over-analytical. And the Chargers, the one thing I would say, everybody knows and appreciates Justin Herbert. They just need to clean up the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they gave it 27 points per game last year, tied for third most in the NFL, and they were still 9-8. Can't, can't stop a nosebleed on the ground. You but can make strides in that category. You'll be real. Yeah. yeah. Dolphins, Tua, real or not real, they can make a Super Bowl-type leap with new head coach Mike McDaniel. I don't think so. It's not real. I think when you look at the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots within that division, you discount and get rid of the New York Jets. It's a three-team race, but I don't believe that the Miami Dolphins can play with those two. Although Brian Flores, when he was the head coach, beat Bill Belichick, I wanted to, I believe, four or six tries, something along those lines. But this is a different situation. There is no Brian Flores on the sideline. Therefore, for me, they won't make any noise. Yeah, I don't believe it to be real. I do look forward to finding out the chemistry between Tua and Mike McDaniel, the new head coach. I still think there are a number of good pieces away. And like he said, with having the Bills in the passing division, that does not help matters This is a all. weird one for me because I wouldn't predict it would happen. But if you're asking me real, like, is it there? Yeah, if Tua continues to develop, they got enough guys on the defense, it could happen. They could make the playoffs as a wild card, win a game, something like that. It's possible. Neither the Jets or Giants, right? Neither of them nah, are real? Nah, come on. Yeah. All right, moving on. Broncos, real or not real, not making the playoffs to a Bengals-type leap key. 
this could be real, depending on what happens at the quarterback situation, get a couple other playmakers, help help these receivers develop. If they grab a guy like Aaron Rodgers, maybe the receivers all of a sudden become something different. They got a shutdown corner in Sertain. They got a pass rusher uh, that they have. And so when you look at where they're at as a team with a new head coach, they certainly are can and certainly will make a giant leap. I agree with you, Key. Uh, the quarterback away. I mean, third least points per game. You just made mention of that. Uh, they struggle to produce in the passing game, but the weapons that they have on the offensive side are pretty incredible. I talked about Javante Williams being a beast at the running back position. Jared Jewey, Cortland Sutlin, Tim Patrick. I mean, they have the pieces. It's just they're a quarterback away. Yeah, and if they get Aaron Rodgers, they'll go from having the worst quarterback in their division to the second worst quarterback in their division. So that should help them. I'm going to say real. That's right. <laughs> See they'll that. have the third best quarterback in their division if they get Aaron Rodgers. Go ahead. Yeah, Derek Carr. Yeah, well, Derek Carr would be four, I guess. But, you know, he'd be better than Derek Carr. He's, oh, he's better than Justin Herbert. Got it. Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, one, it. two, then Aaron Rodgers, three. You know, it's good. All right, Ravens, real or not real, they can go to the playoffs and make a they, Bengals-type leap. They, they are real. Um, they've got to shore up their defense. The secondary's banged up last year. They missed a lot of time back there with a lot of injuries. If they get those guys back healthy, figure out their running game. I mean, it sounds like a lot. Figure out the running game, the receivers. I think they can. Yeah, it is, but I think they can because prior to Lamar Jackson getting hurt, this team was winning the division. It felt like going away. Yeah, that was my thing, Key. With with all the stuff they missed last year, they were still in the playoff hunt. Like that's, that's kind of incredible when you think about what Coach Harbaugh and what Lamar Jackson have been able to do so shorthanded. Real. Lamar Jackson was, until the wheels fell off, was the best player in football this year. Like, and, 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 and Harbaugh is an excellent coach. It's real, man. They were. As Jay just, everything Jay just said, it's real. Last one, guys. Another second-year quarterback, the Bears. Justin Fields, real or not real? Not real. Not real. Still rebuilding, man. Not real, but ask it again next year, same time, and we'll see. It's still be well, not real. Well, ask next year. Well, let's see. It's, let's see what happens year. this year. It'll I'm still saying, be not real. The point is Justin Fields has upside, but it's still a little bit of work there. Yeah, they got a lot, they got a lot, lot going on. Will Sean McVay take his Super Bowl trophy and go home? That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.